0: Hey everyone, welcome to On the Market. I'm your host, Dave Meyer, and today we have one of our favorite repeat guests, Orfe Devungai, the senior economist at Zillow, and he is coming back to share Zillow's predictions for 2024. Orfe has tons of really good information, and we're going to dig into his beliefs about the market that I think all of you are going to be really interested in because he does a very good job painting Both sides of the equation, you know, he gives his opinion, but also offers a lot of counter opinions and just to give full context to everything that's going on in the market. I think it's a really nice, well-rounded discussion that you're going to learn a lot from before we get into it. I also want to tell you we have a really special show coming up in the next couple of days that's going to feature Orfe, our guest today again he's going to be joining us alongside Chen Zhao, who's an economist for Redfin. So we're going to be doing this cool like economist roundtable that's going to be coming out on January 3rd. It's the first time we've done this. Obviously, when Kathy and Henry or James are here, we all know a bit about the economy and talk about it and enjoy talking about it. But having two people who do this all day long, focus on housing economics, debating and conferring with one another about what might happen next year is a super cool opportunity, so don't miss that show on January 3rd. All right, that's what we got for you guys today, and again, make sure to check out that future show. No further ado, let's get into today's show with Orfe Devungai, the senior economist at Zillow buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. For example, high interest rates are hurting the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices in a lot of markets are falling, even for many of the best assets. So it's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its $1 billion dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com pockets, fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.
1: Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. This show is sponsored by
2: Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
0: Orfe, welcome back to the show for everyone who missed your first appearance on on the market can you just tell
3: us a little bit about yourself and your involvement at Zillow totally yes I'm uh, orfe dibungi a senior economist on the Zillow economic research team and you know my role at Zillow is to keep track of uh, everything that's going on that could impact the housing market uh, especially uh, macroeconomic policy right fiscal policy monetary policy how that affects Uh, the inflation uh, picture and mortgage rates since they play such a big role uh, in determining uh, uh, housing market activity.
0: I do want to talk about 2024. I think everyone listening is curious about this. But before we do that, let's just do a little bit of a rewind and talk about the last year. Do you have any reflections on data predictions you made in 2023, um, let's just, st- <laughs> I'm sure there's too much to, to, to let, let me be specific. How about inventory? Like, tell me about, let's let's just pick a topic that I think inventory was such an important factor in 2023. Like, what are your thoughts on how we did with 2023 in respect to inventory?
3: First, let me just start by saying, going into next year, I think the housing market is going to be kind of a big reset, right? So housing market is kind of resetting, We're seeing a normalization in terms of price growth and rent growth. Uh, We were faced with a supply-constrained housing market for most of 2023. uh, But things are improving. Uh, And new listings are no longer declining. The deficit in new listings relative to uh, the flow of homes coming on the market monthly before the pandemic, uh, that deficit has shrunk. Uh, And so we're starting to see that new listings are probably not going to be uh, as much of a drag on inventory as they've been in the past. You'll also have more new construction, homes under construction right now, still near an all-time high. And so we'll have more inventory coming in 2024. Now, going back to 2023, it's been a story of a supply-constrained housing market. right? Yes, demand had fallen a little bit, uh, but supply fell by a lot more. And as a result, price growth continued, prices continued to increase pretty, pretty strongly. Uh, and, uh, but transaction, the, flow, the number of homes sold uh, declined uh, significantly in 2023. Uh, in terms of my predictions, my past predictions, so I, I, you know, I mentioned to you, Dave, I, I also have a podcast. And we decided to do an episode where we would uh, kind of confess all the things we got wrong. It's
0: <laughs> Yeah, I like doing that at the end of the year. It's important to like purge to purge everything that you Hopefully we learned a
3: thing or two. Uh during the past. Exactly. Year. I think the consensus for most most economists uh at the end of 2022 was uh 2023 was going to be a slow year. Uh you know, in terms of everything, right? We were going to see the stock market it was probably going to uh uh plunge a little bit. Uh we were uh, planning to we were saying, "Hey, the soft landing scenario is unlikely. Uh, the Fed cannot break down inflation without causing the unemployment rate to increase. Uh, some people, uh, I call them the charlatans of doom and the prophets of gloom, right? Some people were <laughs> yeah. extreme and thought, hey, everything's going to crash in 2023. Some of us uh, that I think were a little bit more reasonable and thinking, okay, maybe we'll end up in a mild recession, right? And the US economy, uh, managed to avoid all that. The consumer is extremely resilient. Uh, the Fed's probably going to deliver a soft lending. I say probably because it's not assured yet. Uh, and so, you know, it's just been full of beautiful surprises. Uh, the stock market, the S&P 500 is up almost 24% year to date. Uh, income, real incomes have increased after declining in 2022. Financial wealth's increased after declining in 2022 housing wealth increased declining in 2022 so 2023 has been a fantastic year uh for the american household
0: yeah i i do want to get into that because that is you know i think a lot of people hear that and probably uh don't feel that directly but when we talk you said you know the, this last year is a supply constraint and in 2024 you think mike was trying to see some inventory can you provide just some context behind that like how low is inventory compared to pre-pandemic le- levels or to a historical average?
3: Yes, I mean last time we checked, I think inventory is something like 40% below pre-pandemic levels. Oof. Is a huge gap to fill. Right. Right. Uh it's basically was basically due to the flow of existing homes well below uh normal. Right? That's actually changed. New listings are now 14% Below pre pandemic levels, the flow of homes coming, existing homes coming on the market on a monthly basis is now down 40, 14% compared to pre pandemic levels. Uh, at this year was down 35% at some point, right? And so we're starting to see this improvement, uh, in the flow of homes coming on the market, uh, despite the fact, of course, that Uh, The majority of homeowners, like 92 or 93% of homeowners have a mortgage rate rate below 6%. And so we're really seeing this improvement. I think a lot of sellers are starting to think, okay, uh, you know, things are looking good. Uh, I still have my job. The unemployment is 3.7%. Life events are getting people to to shake loose from that rate lock and, and potentially come back. And I think that's positive. For a housing going going forward, and it's reflecting if you look at the real estate valuations in the stock market, it's showing right? The soft lending scenario is conducive to more housing market activity. Got it. okay.
0: well, I agree that it would be positive if, if this is correct, but I just want to make clear when you talk about you know seeing inventory loosen up, for forty percent of where we were pre-pandemic, you're not talking about a recovery to pre-pandemic levels, are you?
3: No, not necessarily. You know, I I, I think we're I think we're still far. Uh, it, more needs to be done, uh, but I also think that we're starting to see public support. A Zillow research shows public support for land use and zoning reforms uh, is is up. Uh, you know, Pew Research also confirmed this recently with their their surveys. Uh, I think political support for land use and zoning reforms is also increasing across the country. And so there's going to be more and more pressure uh, for, to allow builders to build. Uh, and so that's going, new construction is really going to help uh, fill those gaps, uh, I think, going forward. Uh, so more, more needs to come, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But we're not going to have this big drag. On inventory, it, you know, the form of uh, existing homes, decli- ex- the flow of existing homes coming on the market declining further. I think new listings have already bottomed, and so we're not going to have this drag. And I think that's why I'm optimistic uh, about uh, housing in 2024.
0: I, I hope you're right. I really do. I think the new listing, more more inventory is is a solution we all would be very happy about. So so let's hope for that before we go into 2024 further let's just talk one more thing about twenty twenty three and that's just rent uh you know usually this time of year we see rent going down a little bit uh, but could just give us paint us a picture of what your research shows happened in rents this past year
3: yeah rent rent growth has slowed uh and I think when I say the housing market is normalizing i mean you know rent growth has slowed to about uh three point three percent on an annual basis year, year of annual rent growth right uh 3.3%, uh, The normal, normally before the pandemic, rent growth annual rents would increase by about 4% every year. And so rent growth has slowed. Rent growth has slowed more in the multifamily sector than in the single family, for single family homes, uh, because of all this building, all this new construction. So multifamily construction on a tear during the, during the pandemic. And so rent growth has slowed more uh, in that in that sector. Uh, and so, you know, so again, it's not c- quite reflected in the official figures yet, in, in the way the CPI is measured, uh, inflation is measured, but, uh, but rent growth is cooling. Uh, and part of that is due to the fact that uh, you've seen such an uptick in the number of new homes coming on the market uh, that are basically uh, for rent, uh, whether it's single family, but also. Uh, multifamily—the multifamily sector. Got it. All right, thank you. So,
0: just to summarize what we've talked about so far, um, it seems like you agree—you know, inventory was really the main story, or one of the main stories here in 2023. But you're predicting, and I hope you're right, that inventory or new listings, at least, have bottomed for this cycle, um, right. and we'll start to see an increase. And rent growth has slowed um, for all the reasons that you just mentioned. So far, we've discussed where we are in 2023. And next, we're going to talk about Zillow's 2024 predictions. But before that, we got to take a quick break.
4: Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost.
2: And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook Games.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to our show with Orfe Duvungai, senior economist from Zillow. This is the very juicy part of the show where we get to hear about Orfe and Zillow's 2024 predictions. We've talked a lot, Orfe, you and I, but I'd love for you to just tell me a little bit about what you see. In the 2024 macro situation, not as specifically into the housing market.
3: I can't make any big, bold predictions here because it's very difficult to forecast mortgage rates, right? To forecast the yield curve in general. Uh, I think, you know, when we got into uh, December, what we saw was, you know, financial conditions easing uh, a tremendous deal since October. And as a result, you saw an increase of retail sales increasing more than expected you saw a small uptick in core inflation. Uh, you know, you saw activity rebounding somewhat in, in you know in the last month or so. And then we get to December, and the Fed, you know, uh, with their recent most recent meeting, pencils in uh, potential rate cuts in 2024. Fewer rate cuts than the market was anticipating, and yet you saw the yield curve, right? You saw the yield reaction. Uh, the bond markets reacted strongly to that and the 10 year yield continued to decrease, uh, you know, and, and mortgage rates fell, mortgage rates fell a full more than a full percentage point in the last month, in the last six weeks and mortgage applications have increased, uh, for five consecutive weeks now. Uh, and so activity is rebounding. And I guess that begs the question, uh, will we continue to see, uh, disinflation at the same pace, or will it kind of slow down because activities rebounding and financial conditions right. have eased so much? Uh, which is why right? it makes it very, very difficult. All of these factors are affecting where yields are going to end up. and and of course, we know that the ten year yield uh, kind of uh, mortgage rates tend to follow that ten year yield. And so it's very, very difficult to put our finger on, Where yields are going to end up and where mortgage rates are going to end up in twenty twenty
0: four. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. You know, it's obviously we're all interested, but no one knows for sure. But uh, that that's good context to help people understand some of the things that will play into it. But just tell me about the the U.S. economy in general. Like you talked a little bit about will inflation sort of heat up again, given the market's reaction to recent Fed news. Uh, Do you see the economy heating up, uh, slowing down or just, you know, absent housing markets, absent yields? Just talk. Let's talk about just GDP and where you think that's heading.
3: The economy is definitely still slowing. Uh, You know, we saw uh, compared to last year or even just a quarter ago. Right. We have real GDP above five percent in quarter three of this year. Right. Uh, uh, At the seasonal uh, uh, annual adjusted rate. Uh, that's cooled down. You look at GDP now, uh, real GDP is now uh, estimated at about 1.2%, for, for uh, right, for quarter four. And so the economy is slowing. Uh, the good news is the labor market's been very strong still. The unemployment rate is 3.7%. Uh, wage growth now outpaces uh, consu- uh, consumer price growth, right? Inflation. And so real wages have increased, Consumer purchasing power uh, has increased, Uh, and I mentioned earlier, wealth has increased, right? Whether it's financial wealth or or housing wealth, has also increased. So the economy is on this pretty strong footing. Uh, It's slowing, it's moderating, uh, I should say, Uh, but uh, we're nowhere near, uh, you know, what people would consider a potential downturn, right? Uh, Going into the new year in fact recession risk is receded i think uh most people are optimistic that the fed will stick the landing this time around uh and so that's kind of where where we are now going into 2024 there are potential headwinds of course right we should definitely celebrate the win we brought inflation down 6 points uh in a year right and i think i think that's a huge accomplishment we have the Fed now talking about potential rate cuts. I think that's a great, a, a huge accomplishment. But there are potential headwinds coming forward, headwinds to the U.S. economy. The headwinds to the U.S. economy are going to be the fact that uh, we're going to go into this election year uh, with maybe more political polarization. And that's that's kind of disinflationary. You know, I think when people face uncertainty, they kind of sit back, they pull back. And so that's going to be uh, a headwind going forward. You have geopolitical tensions. You have, uh, a, a couple of wars going on abroad, uh, right now. And that's going to cool, uh, global GDP and also show up in the U.S. economy. Uh, you have, uh, the corporate tax cuts that might expire this year. Uh, that's also going to be, uh, cause activity to slow down and be potentially disinflationary, right? So you have all of these factors at play uh going into the next in the in the new year that we need to keep our eyes on. And maybe, maybe one that everybody's kind of been focused on is debt maturing for large non-financial companies going into 2024. And they might not be able to refinance at the much higher rates uh, that they would face uh, today. And so that's another big headwind uh to the US economy going forward. Uh, and so so that's kind of where we are uh that that negative pressure of course uh will have uh, will cause yields to decrease or so put put down put pressure on yields to de- decrease uh going forward and that might show up in mortgage rates right uh unfortunately the uncertainty the increased uncertainty related to uh policy and what uh, government governments doing in washington dc might cause the spread uh, between the mortgage rate, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage and the 10-year treasury from declining as much as uh, a lot of people think it might uh, going forward.
0: Yeah. Well, Orfe, you just said a couple of important things. So I just want to recap uh, a couple of things here that, that you just said. So um, first of all, I, I think it's really important and I appreciate you saying, you know, you're thinking things will probably go decently, but there are some significant headwinds. You named um, a couple of them. I think what's important to to note here is the so what of all this is what happens when there is increased uncertainty or there is an increased fear of recession or declining GDP uh, is a lot of investors globally flock to safe investments. And what that means is they take their dollars or their money, whatever currency, and they typically often buy U.S. government bonds. And that means there's more demand for U.S. bonds and that pushes down the yields. So basically, if more people want to buy the government bonds, the government doesn't need to pay as high an interest rate on those bonds. That pushes down bond yields and that takes mortgage rates down with them. So I think what Orfe is saying is, yes, obviously, these big GDP headwinds have implications for The whole world and the whole economy, but specifically the housing, I think it's really interesting because it's kind of this whole like upside down world we've been in the last year or two with housing, where like bad news is good news and good news is bad news. Where um, like you know, if the GDP goes down, that might be one of the primary things that pushes mortgage rates down. So just want to make sure everyone understands that.
3: You you got it spot on.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, one of the things you also also said that I wanted to um, to to discuss was that during election years, people are a little less certain. Uh, And, you know, that might be at the consumer level that might be at a business level too. you know, businesses may choose not to invest if they don't know what policy might look like in the next year. Do you think there's a risk that that uncertainty and perhaps, uh, you know, sitting on the sidelines? Spills into the housing market as well, or do you think sort of the more potentially more favorable affordability will offset that?
3: That is, that is that that's a great question. I, I think that's where the risk comes from, right? So if businesses are worried about policy, tax policy, for example, uh, or about where the U.S. economy could be headed, uh, you know, post-election, uh, or if there's a highly contested election. Or if we're still debating debt limit ceilings and, 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 and paying our bills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then hiring would hiring would slow, right? Yeah. And and if we start to see the labor market cooling more, and we start to see the unemployment rate rising more, uh, that could definitely impact the housing market. I would say, look, it's one thing to wish for mortgage rates to come down. But the last thing you want is to lose your job because you can't qualify for mortgage if you lose one, right. if you lose your job, right?
4: <laughs> True. And so, yes.
3: and so it's really important that uh, as we continue to wish for mortgage rates to ease, uh, that we don't wish for mortgage rates to fall off a cliff. Totally. Uh, because that would mean we're in a lot of trouble.
0: Exactly. Yeah. People are like, oh, rates get down to 3 or 4%. It's like, I don't want that. That means we're in a pandemic or we're in a massive global right. financial crisis. Please know, like something has gone wrong if mortgage rates are 3%. And clearly that we, we've seen that over the last couple of years. That's right. So I, I agree. I, I'm all with you in terms of uh, I'm I'm not making a an S, a prediction here, but my hope would that rates come down slowly as appropriately. And so it's sort of a, an appropriate balance of restoring some affordability to the housing market. While maintaining a growing U.S. economy, let's all hope that's that's possible. That's
3: right. I think my my my, you know, when I think about the headwinds and tailwinds, I think you know rate stability, get, finding that new level, right, uh, that new normal, uh, is what I'm hoping for in 2024, uh, because it means we've accomplished. The uh, the elusive soft landing.
0: It'll be interesting to watch that. Uh, so let's just go full shift into twenty twenty four and about what Zillow is looking at. So what are the things you're really interested, other than what we've talked about before, looking into in terms of the housing market? What's your like? What's getting you excited about next year?
3: Yeah, I think affordability is going to continue to uh, kind of reshape migration trends. Uh, you're going to continue to see. Some of the more affordable markets attract more and more people uh, and you know so we look at these markets and we we see markets like you know the the North carolina uh you know Charlotte north carolina as uh, as one of those markets that's still attracting people, the national Tennessees are attracting people the Florida markets uh this despite some of them actually being quite expensive yeah uh, I, you know I, actually. Uh, are still attracting people because the people that are moved there are moving from places that are more expensive. Yeah, California <laughs> and New York, right? Exactly. And then you have, you know, Californians moving to Arizona and Texas. Uh, and so you're seeing, you said, you know, I looked at the latest uh, American Community Survey data, and 30% of Californians were moving to Florida, Texas, and Arizona. I see these markets and I say, what do these markets have in common? Well, first, they're relatively less expensive uh, than the markets where uh, these people are coming from. But at the same time, they offer a larger mix of housing options uh, for people. And they've built they're building quite a quite a a substantial amount. And so that those are factors, I think, they're going to continue to drive uh, the kind of the hottest markets. Uh, in 2024. Got it. What What other
0: insights maybe you can tell us about the market next year? Are there any sorts of like, maybe like dig into different types of asset classes, suburbs versus, you know, urban areas? Are there any other insights that you have or you think markets that might perform better than others?
3: Yeah, no, I, I think my, I, I, you know, migration, I think is going to be a thing. Maybe uh, potentially seeing that given the hybrid situation. Uh, that we're seeing developing for work, you mean hybrid? Hybrid work from home, that's right. Uh, there's, there is potential for people moving back to some of these, uh, you know, areas that kind of had lost uh, some population during the pandemic. Uh, I think you're going to see uh, people trying to shorten their commute. Uh, and but by the way, because we're optimistic, more people will move in 2024. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think that's yeah. uh, likely to to develop, right? Uh, as you see some of these big markets that where people had kind of moved further away, uh, they might actually uh, move back to those areas closer closer to the office. Uh, that's a potential, uh, a potential reality. Uh, you know, you look at these markets like San Francisco, uh, for example, you know, I, I don't think, I don't foresee a continued uh, decline uh, in a market like that, uh, despite the affordability Situation, uh, so that's kind of what I think when it when it comes to urban uh, versus rural, uh, in terms of like who's moving. Uh, I think altogether, people still prefer the stability of home ownership. Zillow research shows that the bulk of home buyers, I think, something like seventy eight percent of home buyers are uh, have at least a pet or a kid, right? So like their parents, or they have at least one pet. Uh, you know, because it's still kind of tough uh, for some renters with large pets, especially uh, to find to find, a, you know, to, to get the options, right, that they that they they want and need. Uh, at the same time, uh, families prefer to have or give the kids the stability, right? And so they don't necessarily want to be moving a lot. And so uh, I think people still prefer the stability of home ownership. Uh, the big question was, of course, can they afford it? And what we're basically seeing is that with price growth easing well into twenty twenty-four and with mortgage rates easing somewhat like we've seen recently, affordability, the affordability improvements are going to pull some of these people that are on the fence uh into home ownership. You know, it's gonna help a lot of people uh get on the ladder that we're sitting on the sidelines.
0: Got it. All right. Well that is super helpful. Now Orfe on the last show, we did ask you a little bit about your own investing. And if you are uh, planning to become an investor, are there any updates there?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at homes in the Bellevue, Tennessee, uh, right next Nashville. Oh, cool. You know, market. Nice. I, just like everybody else, I'm trying to take advantage of these mortgage rates uh, that are you know, basically giving people the opportunity to hop on on the housing trade. You know, the train is slowing a little bit. It, it you know it's time you know if you if you can run fast enough you could you you might as well uh cuz you'll be able to hop onto this moving train uh and so with mortgage rates easing right now of course I'm looking at every option uh to get to to get more housing
0: awesome well yeah I mean we we're, we're recording this in the middle of December so the fed news was just recently but I do think I agree with you this is just opinion here not nothing uh hard but it does feel like there's this kind of this window right now where Mortgage rates have dropped a little bit. We were chatting before the show saying that we both think, you know, this is an encouraging sign, but rates might go up a little bit again. You know, we, we haven't found equilibrium here, so to speak, in, in terms of mortgage rates. So, um, But prices are a little bit softer, so this this might be a good time to buy. So, Orfe, next time you're on, I think you're going to have your duplex or your first rental property. Hopefully so.
3: i got to make a, another very important point here is that it's very rare— that mortgage rates ease and, pr- and prices in the housing market ease at the same time, and we're not in a recession. Yeah,
0: that's true, it's like a trifecta right now. It's
3: as solid as it is right now, right? Uh, with an unemployment rate at 3.7%. It's, it's very rare, and that, it's essentially what we've seen in this in November, it's what we're seeing in December, uh, heading into the holiday season. It's It's an amazing gift, an amazing opportunity For those who have been saving, who may have been outbid during the pandemic, or who may have been pushed to the sidelines because of rising mortgage rates, uh, it's an amazing opportunity to to get on the housing ladder.
0: Awesome. Well, that's a great way to end. Orfe, thank you so much. For people who want to follow you, where should they do that?
3: Yeah, zillow.com forward slash research is where all of our work uh, goes. And of course- you can find me on LinkedIn, on social media, and uh happy to answer any questions or, or keep the conversation going.
0: Oh, awesome. And if you want to get more of Orfe, he's gonna be on another show here on On the Market in just another week or two, where Orfe and Chen Zhao from Redfin are gonna be joining us for a Economist panel. So we're gonna have a round table discussion, not with the normal On The Market crew, but with Orfe and Chen, two previous favorite guests of many of our audiences. And so we will uh, have him back. So make sure to check out that show in a couple of weeks. Orfe, again, thank you so much.
3: Thanks for having me, Dave, and looking forward to the next one. On The Market was created by
0: me, Dave Meyer, and Kalen Bennett. The show is produced by Kalen Bennett with editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting is by Calico Content, and we want to extend a big thank you to everyone at Bigger Pockets for making this show possible. Investing in small multifamily properties is probably the most popular niche in the entire bigger pockets community. And there's a good reason for that. You can put as little as 3.5% down and own up to four units. So just think about that for a second. You could house hack where you live in one of the units, but in addition to having a place to live, you still have three different groups of tenants helping to pay down your mortgage each month. You have four kitchens and bathrooms that you could add value to to build equity. You could also turn one or more of the properties into a short-term rental or a medium-term rental. And all this, what I'm describing here is just one transaction. But of course, the question is, where do you find one of these small multifamily properties that you can afford? Which markets and which deals are best for you? How about after you close? How do you manage it? Optimize it? Keep scaling and living your life without being tied down by four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants. These are all great questions. And luckily for you, they're gonna be answered in the upcoming small multifamily bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Tabatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient, great strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four today and join us in the small multifamily bootcamp. I'll see you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investments in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.